listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we are going to be diving into the essentials, the five main steps that is going to take the whole five-step process to be able to get your next deal. And I guarantee this. I, I stand behind this philosophy, this, this approach, this strategy, if you will, if you follow this to the T and you are really invested in yourself by putting in the time, really not that much time, it's going to be a little bit more time for individuals that aren't doing it, right? You start something off in the beginning and try to build a new routine of this with anything. It's going to be a little difficult. For example, like going to the gym, you know, you know, you need to go to the gym, but, but the first week it's going to be like pulling teeth almost. So, so with that being said, in the beginning, it might be a little bit, I guess, just overwhelming, but I'm going to simplify this stuff for you, right? I'm going to simplify this. We're going to break it down together and I'm going to show you step by step. If you follow this, I guarantee you, it's never failed me. I guarantee you that you will get results within 30 to 90 days. And everybody that has come on that I've coached for real estate investing, they've always seen the same exact results. They always get something tied up under contract there's power behind this. So I hope you guys are taking notes. Make sure that you get out a a pen, paper, pad, tag somebody in this, share this out. Make sure that you go and subscribe to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast so you get the newest episode every single Monday. And if you guys have any questions, as always, you can always reach out to me, brandonelliottinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, brandonelliottinvestments or facebook.com slash brandonelliottrei or facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott investor. With that being said, I would love to chat with all you guys, add value if I can, or connect you with somebody that can guide you in a better spot that might be a, a good match. So let's dive into it, right? So this is the five step process of getting your next real estate deal, okay? Number one, so write this down, pick your strategy. I know it sounds so like simple, but I see a lot of people out there that they are getting distracted like crazy. You know, they jump on social media and they see wholesaling is the biggest thing right now. You know, people are making money hand over fist and it's amazing. Okay, well, there's a ridiculous amount of other strategies out there. I like to look at it as like 30 plus different strategies to make money and invest in real estate. But even if you jump on biggerpockets.com, they've broke it down a little extensive and they brought it down to about a hundred different ways that you can invest, you know, different strategies that you can invest in real estate, right? So what I recommend is understand all of these strategies. You don't need to get a a PhD in all these strategies, but simply do a little bit of research, you know, like look up each strategy, wholesaling, fix and flip, rentals. That's all like people really know, right? There's a ridiculous amounts of others. Notes, non-performing notes, performing notes. We got multifamily. We got residential multifamily. You can do apartment. I mean, the the list goes on. Like just dive into all this content, storage units. What are they called? The, The little houses, trailer parks, trailer parks. That's what I was looking for. There's a million different strategies, right? 
So dive into this. If you simply just Google 30 plus ways to make money in real estate, all the different strategies, something's going to pop up for you. Otherwise you can check out biggerpockets.com and look up the hundred and they kind of just break it down dramatically. I think when it comes down to residential multifamily, they're putting a fourplex and then they're putting triplex, duplex, you know, single family, stuff like that. So I wrap it all up into one and you can look at all that stuff figure out, do maybe 10 minutes of understanding, 30 minutes at the most to figure out the beginning and end process, what it looks like, what is needed to actually be able to complete a deal with that strategy, what type of resources it's going to take and what you can bring to the table, what type of resources that you might have to actually add value into that strategy. Does it fit within your time? Like, are you planning on doing fix and flips, but and locally, but you commute for two hours to work every day. You got a huge family to feed. You got, you know, a newborn at the house, stuff like that. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that because fix and flip is more of a job. It's a high paying job, but there's a lot of miscellaneous things that can go wrong and time intensive, right? Unless you really do have the systems in place to be able to manage contractors and so forth and have a team involved you're still going to have to be putting in some hours of just transparency in and connecting to make sure that everything is on track and you guys are taking care of any obstacles that are coming up. So picking the strategy is crucial, right? Figure out, do a little bit of research, understand if it, if it resonates with you or not, if you have the resources for it, what time it's going to take to actually get involved in something like this. And then afterwards, once you figure out that strategy that really gravitates towards you, you know, it really catches you. And you're like, you know, I think I can do this. I think I have enough time for it. I have some resources for it. This is what it's going to take from you. I'm able to give that. Then that's when I would dive drastically into like knee deep into all that info. If it's going to be wholesaling, then literally pick up all the books you can, all the YouTube you can watch, all the podcasts on wholesaling, right? Look at all the gurus out there, connect with them, reach out, go to your local RIA group. Find the people that are actually doing that strategy. Pick their brains, take them out the coffee, add value to them and see if you can actually gravitate towards getting some really, you know, answering all your questions, breaking it down from beginning to end. And within six months of getting that, you know, diving into all the education, you should be fully prepared when it comes down to book, you know, book smarts. When it comes down to that strategy, you should be good to go, right? So then after that, you got to stay laser being focused though. So I see a little bit of, I see people out there that are diving into, they want to do fix and flip, but then it gets a little bit difficult and then they dive into wholesaling and then it gets a little bit difficult after a few months. And then because they're running into a couple blocks here and there, then they switch again because they see it on social media and it looks super sexy, whatever it may be. So I just want to encourage you, you know, laser beam focus on whichever strategy you pick, laser beam focus. You should not switch this for at least a year, at least one year, you got to give your everything towards it and you will see results. But then the next strategy is, or the next process, next step is going to be pick your location, picking your location that matches your goal overall, you know, your strategy that you've, you've already picked when it comes down to figuring out your location and it has to align with your strategy, right? Like if I was going to pick a high expensive area, like San Diego, for example, It wouldn't be a best bet for rentals unless I'm going to do Airbnb, but that's another, that's a different strategy, right? So it's not going to be a best spot for rentals. Therefore, that's not the location that makes sense. 
there. You know, then we're switching up the strategy again instead of picking the location that actually makes sense and you're going to actually cash flow in that area. So picking the location, there's uh, several different things that I would keep in mind. Basically, you know, you want to look for job growth. You want to look for population growth. And then you want to find something unique about the area. Now, you don't necessarily need to have like all three of these thriving. It's going to be somewhat difficult, but you should really dive into, you know, trying to get as close as possible to all three and especially something unique. And then uh, population growth is, is somewhat crucial because when you're having more people coming in, that, that shows that there's going to be job growth. It shows that there's more opportunities. There's, there's more supply and demand for what you're going to be dishing out, right? So that's very, very crucial. When it comes down to websites that I would highly recommend, there's census.gov, there's uh, bestplaces.net, there's also usa.com, and then there is the website that I like to use the most is citydata.com. Now, with those four different websites, go to those websites, type in any type of you know, location that you're looking at. And it's going to pull up all of the data that you're looking for, all the statistics of the past of population growth, job growth, whatever, and see even some predictions. But it's up to you to do your due diligence to actually see if, you know, this area makes sense and what it's projecting to do in the future. You know, it's done this for the last 30, 50 years. I start seeing a climb you know, what can we project it's going to do in the future with some of the job growth, some of the new factories that are getting set up there, whatever it may be, you know, if Amazon's coming to the neighborhood, that's a good sign, you know? So figuring out that stuff, those websites are great. And when it comes down to something unique in the area, like a thriving university, a thriving school, a new factory in town, a bunch of different things, you got to find something that is drawing people into that particular area. And is that unique thing, is it staying around? You know, are they just getting there? Are they just planting their feet? Are they thinking about leaving? You know, all these different things to realize, is this a solid location? Once you actually figure out your location, then step three is build relationships. This is so, so crucial. Not enough people are actually fully doing that. And when it comes down to like your personality type, you could be the most outgoing person in the world, or you can be the most introvert person in the world. You're going to have to get out of that. Like 100%, you got to get out of that mindset. You got to get out of that zone and realize what you're, you know, why are you doing this? And simply jump on the phone with as many people as possible. I'm talking all the banks, all the lenders, brokers, agents, the schools, the police department, the chief, fire department, anybody and everybody. Like I can't stress this enough. Anybody and everybody, I highly recommend that you build relationships with, that you connect, you get them to talk as much as possible about the area. You let them know what your goals and plans are within the area and, you know, let them know, Hey, I'm a real estate investor. I'm looking to purchase properties in your area to do this strategy. I'm just curious about your opinion on that. Is there anything that you can do to give me some type of information or connect me with somebody that could? Don't give up. Once they say no, don't be like, oh, okay, all right, bye, you know, and hang up right away. Try to just push through that, just common sales tactics of getting them to talk as much as possible about the area and see who they might know or who they can potentially connect you with, right? Once you give them the whole plan, your whole goal, your vision, and let them know exactly what you're looking for with your niche, with your strategy, then 
ideally get them to start sending you some deals. You know, all the wholesalers that you're connecting with and, and agents and, and plumbers or contractors that are walking around and they see some opportunities with some houses. Get them to start sending you some deals. And then at that point, you're having a bunch of deal flow come in, right? People are going to like you or not like you. That's just what it is. Ideally, get to the point where you can get people to, you know, influence them to like you, right? Try to add value to them if you can. Don't just be wasting their time. Let them know like, hey, I see there's a couple of distressed properties in the area. I would love to really make a difference in the area and start giving back, start making a difference by improving these houses, purchasing them improving the houses, then any additional cash flow, I'm open to the idea of potentially giving a portion of that back to the city or, or the area, some nonprofits in the area to start improving. All these different things will help out tremendously and building the relationships is so key. I built relationships with all my, a good majority of my neighbors at some of my investments and they've helped me out tremendously in a bunch of different areas. So I highly, highly recommend, I cannot stress this enough, the power of networking will determine your success. So make sure you're definitely gonna to want to you know, build relationships with people and get them, paint the vision into them of what your goals, your plans are. I personally feel a lot of people have given up on their goals or, or dreams potentially out there. And when you get them excited about you know, something so concrete and your laser being focused on it and you're gonna succeed one way or the other, People want to help out. They want to give back to you in any form or another. They're willing to do whatever they can to actually add value back to you. So if it's as simple as connecting you with one of their neighbors that they know very well and has been looking to get rid of this beat down property but can't sell it, perfect. You're that guy or you're that lady. You know, there's millions of different opportunities when it comes down to relationships. So, So once you actually have all these deal flow coming in, then that fourth step, simply analyze some deals. You got to run your numbers. Know your numbers is super crucial, but know your numbers with your strategy, right? Each strategy is going to have slightly different numbers. You know, it's going to have different end results of what you're trying to do. You could be in and out really quick. You could be hanging on to it for 10 plus years. So figure out your strategy and know what the end game is. When it comes down to strategy, you know, you should always have several backup plans. I'm very, very big on this. I'm a big believer on having some backup plans. I personally feel a lot of people that are potentially failing or not succeeding at investing in real estate, it's because they only had one plan. They had plan A. And then when shit hit the fan on plan A, they didn't have anything else. They weren't educated enough. They didn't think outside the box or get creative to figure out, okay, well, what else can I do in this situation? If we can't flip it, then we're screwed. We're just going to start losing money. You know, we'll let the bank take it or whatever it may be. We'll let the private money or, or hard money lender take it. Well, can you rent it out? Can you do Airbnb? Can you sell it as a note? Can you get creative in any freaking way, right? So get educated on all the different processes. That's why that beginning step, step one, figuring out all the different strategies will help you prepare you for the end goal when shit hits the fan. I guarantee you there's going to be problems that come up when you're, you're going through your strategy within real estate. It's a guarantee. It's a promise, right? So make sure you're equipped. You have some, you're running your numbers properly, giving yourself some spread room, have some miscellaneous spread there, and then have some backup plans. So, uh, so that fourth step is analyzing three deals 
per day and at least offering one deal, like making an offer on one of those three. I personally like to recommend making an offer on all three because if you're taking the time to analyze a deal and you've come up with the reasons for either it's a good deal or a bad deal, you should always have a number where it makes sense, right? You should always have a, you know, Mayo, the maximum uh, allowable offer. You should always have an overall max offer of where the deal would actually make sense. So if it's at 5,000 and they're asking 2 million, I don't care. Like I've just taken the time to figure out where it's going to make sense with my strategy. And I'm going to offer whatever makes sense to me. Don't be that guy, that, that jerk that ends up just submitting an offer and doesn't have a clear reason behind it. If you're lowballing somebody, you better, you best believe you better have a good reason and justification for your overall offer, right? You don't want to be that guy that come, they're asking 60,000 or 100,000 and you come in at 20,000 you're just like, well, I just want to see if, if it sticks. You know, I'm looking for a good deal. I just want to make sure that the numbers are right. You know, you got to know your numbers. Definitely want to analyze at, at least three deals per day after all the deals that are coming into you. I mean, there's deals on the MLS. There's creative ways you can do direct mail marketing. You can do letters, cold calling, a million different strategies out there. So figure out how you're going to go about it. But the relationships are going to be crucial, sending you leads. And you just need to analyze three deals per day. If you analyze three a day and submit an offer on at least one, I recommend three, but at least one, then you'll be set up to, to succeed. You got to play the numbers game. That's just what it comes down to. It's common sales tactics. It's like, you got to get out there. If you don't have any deals coming and you're just sitting around like, oh, why? You know, the market's so tough. The market's so tough. Or the area, it's so, you know, it's getting difficult. Well, it's getting difficult because how many, how many offers have, have you submitted this week? You know, does that make sense? Like how many offers have you actually submitted this week? Well, I didn't submit any. Well, when's the last time you did submit an offer? Oh, it's been, you know, a month and a half. I can't find a good deal. Can't find anything to submit an offer on. There's houses, look around, there's houses everywhere. Go to your neighbor. I don't care if it's for sale or not. Knock on their door and ask them, hey, I see that, you know, your windows are older. You know, I, I was wondering if you're planning, I don't know what the inside looks like. I don't know if you're even interested in selling, but I'm an investor. I'm looking to see if, if you're willing to sell to me. You know, maybe we could do creative financing. You can act like the bank. You can go on your dream vacation, start being a, a traveling nomad, and I can pay you a monthly rent to own type of strategy. You know, there, there's a million different ways out there. So, so get creative. Don't come up with these BS excuses. And we all have the same amount of time within the day as the most successful person on earth. So make sure you're utilizing your time thoroughly and actually getting out there and, and putting in this work because analyzing three deals a day, submitting one offer, it truly doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. But, but it will seem overwhelming in the beginning if you're not getting all the relationships, if not enough deals are coming into you. So figure out your lead source, your generation that you would like to focus on and have I'm telling you, relationships are free. It takes a little bit of time and, and they'll start coming into you. That's, that's our, our best recommendation. Honestly, it's, we've always got way more success with relationships. So 
analyze three deals a day, make an offer on at least one, and then I guarantee you within 30 to 90 days, you'll get something accepted. You'll get some kind of counter offer. You'll get something that you can, you know, actually get back into the books. And you don't have any power whatsoever in any contract until you actually have a contract, until you have a signature on contract and it's binding. My whole recommendation is if there's nervousness around this portion of getting an offer accepted, and you're going to get a lot more denied in certain markets, right? More competitive markets. But if you make your contingencies, have to, you know, try to get as low as possible with your down payment, your earnest money, right? I've tied up a deal for a dollar down and you can do it at all different numbers though. You know, it really depends on how well you can sell yourself in the beginning to let them feel confident and bold in knowing that you are going to be the person closing on this deal. Putting a dollar down doesn't show that much confidence. It doesn't show that somebody's that serious to actually get the deal. But when you can sell yourself to the point of being very confident in yourself and really being direct, like, hey, I'm going to buy this thing one way or the other. It doesn't matter if I give you the full amount right now or if I give you a dollar down today. We do need this contract though now and I do need to do some due diligence. So one way or the other, we're going to close on this. I'm going to put it down as a dollar so we can get this thing going. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then keep it moving. So try to get your earnest money your, to get your foot in the door as low as possible so you have less risk and then close on as long as possible. Like your closing date, try to schedule it as far as possible. With that particular deal, it was $1 down and 60 days closing. That gives you so much opportunity to figure out, you know, raising money. This is something that I probably should have talked about in the beginning. So many people out there are very, you know, they think they need to get all their apples in a, in a row before they actually get a deal. Like they need to raise the money. They need to figure out how they're going to pay for it. The contractors, all these moving pieces that get scary, right? Because it's overwhelming. Stop, stop, stop. I highly recommend stop thinking about all this stuff. You have no power whatsoever Nobody's going to ever take you serious. Nobody's ever going to give you time of day until you actually have a piece of paper that shows your name, your contract on it, and the other seller's signature on it, right? So you'll never have any power. Nobody's going to take you serious until you actually have that. It's your golden ticket. You need the golden ticket, right? So I highly recommend get something under contract, anything. It doesn't even need to be at the best price. Have some contingencies to back out if you need to. And then at that point, once you get one accepted by playing the numbers game, submitting, analyzing three deals a day, submitting an offer on at least one, once you get one accepted within 30 to 90 days, I stand by that. I guarantee it. You don't get that. Come back to me. Let me know. And I'll break down your uh, strategy with you. And I'll, I'll show you where the missing piece is, the missing link that you just need to make a, a slight little change and you'll, you'll get the results. I stand by that. I really do. Or your money back. This is free info though, just so you know. <laughs> but uh, number five is once it's under contract, what do you do, right? So this kind of breaks down to a bunch of different sections, but basically it's due diligence time. You know, it's figuring out if there's any back taxes owed, you know, do a title and run the title deed, understand like who actually owns it, make sure that everybody's telling the same stories, that there's nothing that is misaligned. Figure out with the city if there's any... I guess something different that stands out as far as like penalties or any fees or anything like that, that might potentially come up or things that you can't do with the property. You know, if you had a goal to, I'm going to 
take off the top on this thing, take off the roof, and I'm going to add value to it, adding up or make an extension to the back or something, make an ex- excelling uh, dwelling unit, then, you know, figure out if you actually can, and then, you know, get an inspection on it. Eventually, you're not going to really need an inspector. I would highly recommend that for the first maybe dozen properties, though. But eventually, you're just going to go out there with your contractor or get them to go out, get several contractors in the beginning to give you estimates and bids on it. Yeah, an inspection and contractors looking at it to give you a general aspect of like what you can anticipate on what's needed to be repaired, what you need to maybe not pay attention to right now, but in the next five or 10 years, you will need to address. So keep all these things in mind. It's very crucial. Yeah, that's very, very important to do your due diligence. Keep running the numbers. Make sure that the numbers make sense. Put some miscellaneous cost in there just in case. I like to always round up on expenses and time can be expensive, right? That could be an expense. So make sure if you're borrowing money, at least. So make sure that you're giving yourself an additional expenses, additional time and so forth. So round up on your expenses and then round down on your income. So round down on the potential profits that you could potentially get. And then, you know, hopefully you find yourself somewhere in the middle or you shoot for the moon and you get even, even better than both of those. But next you want to raise some money, right? You want to figure out that's what a lot of people are going to be struggling with and stressing out over. I'm telling you, it's going to be your easiest portion of the deal. The only thing you need to do is when you have your golden ticket, your, your contract signed and it's a binding contract, you just can't keep it to yourself. You can't just be super quiet. Even if you are super quiet, there's going to be some other savvy investors that might do some skip tracing and see that you might've just got something on contract, right? Or whatever it may be. If they figure out that you have an awesome deal under contract, they might start offering you some numbers just to be able to buy it from you. So even if you're quiet sometimes, I've heard several different people getting some amazing deals and making some good money just from having it under contract, you know, but make sure that you're getting the word out there. You're, you're showing other people deals. If a hard money lender or an experienced real estate investor will not lend money to you on a deal, it's a great sign. It's a great sign that you need to get out of that deal because it's not working. So if you get creative with these different real estate investors or hard money lenders and you let them know, hey, this is a strategy I had in mind. I had a couple of backup plans just in case. You're showing them the numbers, you're showing them your plans. And if they're not confident in it and they won't lend to you, you know the numbers are wrong. And ask them, you know, well, why won't you lend on this? Why do you think it's too risky? They're not going to put their money behind something and then have to foreclose on you just to take back a, a property. You know, it's going to be a waste of their time. And, and unless they give you damn near nothing, you know, they're not going to have enough equity in it to actually make some good money. So if a lender won't lend to you, then figure out what's the problem. And probably there's a good chance you're going to want to run away from that as fast as possible and just toss that sucker away or renegotiate and get your price you know, lower. And also when it comes down to raising money, there's a ridiculous amount of ways. You can do private money, hard money. You can do friends, family. You can do your own savings. I personally love credit. And if you're already in our credit group, then you know all the different dozens of ways that you can liquidate your credit cards to be able to get cash and pay with cash or wire over money from your credit card to be able to pay for a property, like a real estate property. There's dozens of ways out there. So if you know, then you know. If you need guidance on any of that stuff, reach out and and I can always guide you in some of those strategies. 
But credit is the best because you get protection. I always put contractors on credit because if they don't do the work, cool. I'll call up my credit card company. They'll get my money back right away. I just heard of a horrible story today that an investor that I knew ended up giving somebody $25,000, a contractor, 25 grand to get this deal going. And he ran off with the money. He didn't have backup plans. He didn't have backup plans for his deal. And he's letting a great deal go to waste. And he's trying to offsell it really quick because he's more motivated now. He's stressed out, motivated, didn't have backup plans. And now he's ready to sell, discounted, even losing some extra money to sell it to somebody like me that I can put my credit to work and actually have protection and be able to get in and out of this deal and make some great money. So, so keep these different things in mind. And then you want to negotiate after you do your due diligence, figure out everything that's going to align with your plan ins and outs, try to find the, the lies that sellers might tell you, raise the money, figure out how you're going to fund these deals. And then maybe it's time to renegotiate. Just make sure that you're going for a great deal. At the end of the day, you can go for a good deal, but if you can negotiate with you know some strong power of negotiation skills and you can get a great deal, I would shoot for a great all day, obviously. And And you can too. So I highly recommend go for a good deal, but if you can, why not settle for a, a great deal, right? And then, like I said, always have backup plans, A, B, C, D, you know, E plans just in case where I see a lot of people messing up out there just being really upfront and blunt about this is that they only have plan A and they didn't have any other backup plans. They jumped to plan Z right away, right after plan A fails, plan Z right away. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you just missed out all those opportunities of potentially, you know, doing Airbnb rentals or a million different other strategies. So figure out to be educated on all the different strategies out there and then you'll be set up for success. After that, you just close on that deal and you start the whole process. Most investors out there, FYI, are always going for the value add. If you're not going for a value add, and when I say value add, I'm talking a distressed property, something beat up from a beat up and in your neighborhood, that's a nice neighborhood or whatever class it may be in, but this property in particular that your subject property that you're looking at is a little bit more distressed than the neighborhood and you are, you know, you're putting money into it. You're going to make that thing shiny, brand new, looking sexy again, and you're going to do whatever your strategy is, you know, the end goal of whatever that may be. A cash out refinance, have no money into it, rent it out, flip it, whatever it is, who knows? Sell it as a note, do seller financing, million different ways, right? So once you close on it, then you just start all those process. A lot of people out there are overanalyzing this process. It's really basic. It really is. This is a five-step process and I made it a little bit complicated, but honestly, if you really break these down, it's truly not that complicated. You do just need to put in some work. You need to figure out the strategies. You can take two, three days to just get a little bit of general education on it and then start diving in as much as you can. All the podcasts, YouTube, all the books on that strategy and you'll be great. Figure out your location, start building relationships like crazy. You can do all of this, all of this within two, three weeks. Start analyzing some deals. Somebody that I was coaching ended up getting a deal within a great deal. He just actually cashed out refinance, has very little money into it, cash flow great. And he ended up getting his first deal under contract within three weeks. In three weeks. He was sitting on the sidelines for two years, finally started investing in, in himself. I gave him the step-by-step, -step, showed him, gave him a little hand-holding, but he put in the work. He put in the work 
and figured out his strategy, started figuring out his location. He had a friend locally in that area. This is all abroad, by the way. Not abroad, but across country. And then he started building relationships over there, got a wholesaler, a realtor that was a wholesaler as well, got a deal from her, put it under contract, closed on it, raised the money a couple days before. He was doing the due diligence while it was under contract, raised the money a couple days before closing finally, and then get three weeks to close on it. Negotiated a great deal, ended up getting great remodel within two months, full remodel, rented it out, refined it, had very little into it, and and there's power behind that, right? And that's what it's all about. So do me a favor. This is the five-step process to get your next deal, all right? And, uh, and I highly recommend you follow this to the T, right? Starting off anything brand new, it's going to be a little overwhelming or so forth, but this is something... It's truly not rocket science. A lot of people are overanalyzing this stuff and worrying about the money, worrying about, well, how do I deal with contractors? Bro, you don't even have a deal lined up. You're not even submitting offers. How many offers have you put in this week? You don't even know what strategy you're going to do. I've run into this all the time. That's why it's very crucial to actually focus on this stuff. I I run into people. I ask them what strategy. They're submitting offers here and they they might have one locked up. And then they're like, okay, uh, well, what's your strategy with it? No, I don't know. I, I might wholesale it, uh, but I, you know, it's good to have backup plans, but this is different if you don't even have your one step approach. And then you're looking in a couple different areas, a couple different markets, and then you're thinking about doing some wholesales over here or some notes over here or trailer parks over here and all these different things. Focus on one thing till successful. I've always seen tremendous results and a lot of success when you focus on one thing till successful. I wrote my book. It's not the best book in the world, but I wrote my book in one week from just focusing to one thing until successful, right? And that's what I highly recommend. So five-step process, one more time, ready? So this is the five-step process to getting your next deal, your next real estate investment deal. So number one is pick a strategy. Number two, pick a location. Number three is build relationships. Number four is analyze three deals per day, submit an offer on at least one per day. And do this for 30 to 90 days, all right? And number five is once it's under contract, what do you do when it's under contract? You do your due diligence, you raise the money, you negotiate to make sure it is a good deal. You have some backup plans in case. And then you have your main goal though at first, right? And then you close on the deal and you start that whole process of completing the deal and whatever your strategy is. Okay. So I do really hope that this is extremely valuable to you guys. I really push nothing but favor in your guys' life. And I hope this finds you in amazing good spirits today. Do me a favor. If you found value in this, tag somebody in this and share this out there. I have a huge goal to get this podcast in front of a million different people to really break off the limited beliefs, right? You don't need to be a rocket science to be successful with real estate. You simply just need to take action. This, this simple process right here, focusing on one thing till successful and taking action in this path. Set a couple hours away every single day to be able to do this and you'll be good to go. In the beginning, analyzing deals will take a, a little bit of time, but honestly, you'll get in the rhythm that it will take 10 minutes or less really be able to analyze a deal, throw in the numbers, and you don't even need to take it too serious until you get something under contract. Then you take it more serious. Then you got several weeks to actually do your true due diligence, right? There's books on that. There's plenty of content on that. If you need any guidance or questions, always reach out. 
I'd love to be able to connect with you guys, help you out. But make sure you subscribe to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast so you get the newest notification every single Monday. And leave a review as well. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what's your favorite episode, what you would like to see in the future. We're a little over 100 episodes at this point. I'm super blessed to have all the um, subscribers and people that have left reviews. I want to give you guys my book, Action Driven, as well as Success Profiles Magazine, where I'm talking about how I leverage credit and how I use credit cards to be able to purchase real estate, complete all remodels. I do hard money lending with credit cards as well. So there's a lot of power that a lot of people don't understand and don't see what they can truly do with it. We're not paying any interest, just so you know, when it comes down to credit cards. That's the first thing so many people are clueless about and scared. They're like, oh, you're, you're crazy. Like, how are you ever making any money paying 20, 30, 40% interest? Well, that's the thing. We don't. <laughs> but there's some power behind it, right? So with that being said, reach out to me. You can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com. Otherwise, Instagram, it's brandonelliotinvestments. And facebook.com slash brandonelliotinvestor or brandonelliotrei. So with that being said, I hope you guys all stay blessed, blessed more than ever. And I will see you on the very next one. All right, guys. Till next Monday, stay blessed. Thanks. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliotinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.